When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, we are live. What's up, everybody? Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast, Faraz, Zach. We're here to go over quarterback and running back rankings today for Week 16. If you made it this far, congratulations. You're in the semifinals. Uh, but, but you know, it's not over. You know, we could we could celebrate that we made it here, that we made it this far. And that's great. Pat yourself on the back just a little bit. Yeah. Now look forward. And, you know, it's not over yet. If you think your team sucks, you never know. Uh, because there's a lot of interesting games this week. And there's a lot of weather concerns for a bunch of these games this week. So yeah. you never know how things are going to how things are going to go. Uh, but let's talk about the weather real quick for this for this week. There are seven games uh, with totals under 40, which is crazy. Like, I don't even yeah. remember the last time I've seen that. And, you know, so don't expect a whole lot of scoring this week in general. Cleveland is going to be really bad. Uh, Vegas <laughs> has this game at a 31 and a half total. Okay, 31 and a half. Okay, that's yeah. wins in the 20 to 25 mile per hour range. The gusts can reach up to 30. Uh, so pass catchers are likely going to be severely limited in this game. I think Kamara and Chubb are fine. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm benching Dalton in a two quarterback league, super flex yep. league. Um, I have Deshaun Watson down at 20 this week. Maybe that's even too high, uh, but at least he can run. So that's yeah. that kind of like, can save him a little bit. Um, but yeah, like I think guys like Chris Olave, Juwan Johnson, Amari Cooper, Diamond Peoples Jones, David Njoku, they're all risky plays this week. Uh, yeah, Taysom I mean, Hill, you know, might get a little bit of a bump maybe because, you know, he might join Alvin Kamara, run the ball and all that. Yeah. Uh, Taysom Hill, you know, as a gadget guy, <laughs> maybe they just work him into the, the play calling a little bit because they aren't going to be calling a regular game in this game. I don't trust either of these offenses, especially like you said, New Orleans and Cleveland coming in. Neither of them are good offenses in good weather. So imagine in bad weather. Amari Cooper, I'm not expecting anything at all. We've seen him um, on the road. We, I don't think he's a fair. I think he's a fair weather player. I don't think he plays very well um, out in the cold. Uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't been playing, you know, super inspiring either. So I, I would leave maybe. I don't want to say I'm going to bench Amari Cooper, but definitely temper expectations for him. Like you said, the run game is going to be what's doing it this week. Do you think maybe kickers have a good day? Like, do you think they'll no. even be able to drive the ball that far? I don't think that's, that's going to be the case. That's even worse. Like, kickers are going to be missing all day long. I don't even think if the if the winds are at twenty five miles per hour, 
They're not going to kick the. They're not going to go for field goals. Oh, that, yeah. I didn't know there was a win too. I know it was supposed to be cold. Oh yeah, I, that's 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 the main concern. The yeah. main concern for the passing game is always the wind. So like, yeah. if it's windy, twenty five mile per hour is like that. That's that's significant, and it's going to impact the passing game. Uh, you know, like I have a, you know, I had Juwan Johnson. We talked about this, you know, last week. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, talking about him being such a good play moving forward. But this week, I don't think I can play him, dude. Like I picked up. Uh, Noah Fant, and I yeah. might end up playing Noah Fant <laughs> over Juwan Johnson just because of this weather. Unfortunately, I, I don't want to overreact to weather, but this game seems like one to react to. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Like I saw, like isn't it like negative kickoff temperatures in like four or five of the games? Yeah, I think the Bills well, game at, at Bills least Bears that's what is the, like negative. That's what the feel like temperature is yeah. at least, you know. So it's going to be cold as hell in a bunch of these games. Uh, it, it doesn't affect like a whole lot of scoring when it's like super cold but you know when it's windy and it's rainy that's when it really affects the passing game so just keep that in mind i think alva Kamara is a decent start this week as a solid rb2 against cleveland already a team that is not good at defending the run um so keep that in mind Taysom hill seems like a Taysom hill game to me this yeah. week <laughs> um now, in other games like this thursday night as well against you know the jaguars and the jets a little windy and rainy you know, that might affect, you know, whether you start Trevor Lawrence or not. This was already a tough matchup against the Jets in New York. So, or in New Jersey, I should say. Uh, but, you know, keep that in mind. I have him as a low-end QB1 this week. Uh, but, you know, if you have some other low-end QB1 options, you might, you know, consider not starting Trevor Lawrence this week if you have some other options. Right. Yeah, I think that's fair. Even though he's been playing really well, you know, the matchup plus the weather, like you said, is going to be pretty significant in, in this matchup. I don't think, like, if Trevor Lawrence is going to do good, I mean, what, what about Zach Wilson? <laughs> you know, it's I'm just thinking about that. It's going to be pretty bad. Um, it might be, like you said, one of the quietest fantasy scoring weekends that we've seen in a little while because um, the weather looks like garbage. And it's too bad because, you know, Christmas Eve, but um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Buffalo in Chicago as well. Uh, this one's a high wind game. So, like, I would say the level of concern for the Cleveland game is at like a 10. Uh, level yeah. of concern for the Buffalo Chicago game is probably at like a seven. And then the level of concern for the passing game in the Jets Jaguars game is at like a five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the Buffalo and Chicago, like high winds, right? Very cold. It could affect the passing game. You know, it shouldn't affect Justin Fields a whole lot. I still have met my quarterback three this week. Uh, yeah. I have Josh Allen as my QB one um, because these guys are good at rushing the ball, right? Right. Yeah, you look at it, Josh Allen, he's not only good at rushing the ball, but he can also throw it even when it's cold. You know, he's a bit of a winter warrior. So, like you said, yeah. he's kind of built for those games where, you know, he's really not supposed to be doing very well. But despite the weather, he gets it done. I think if yes. you're going to have any good, strong matchup in this type of weather, it's going to be the Bears and the Bills because they both have rushing quarterbacks. And Justin Fields can be able to get it done. I trust him to get it done with his legs. I'm not sure how much I trust him to get done with his arm, but that hasn't been you know really necessary. As long as he throws a touchdown or two and just keeps himself clean, doesn't throw any any picks, he'll have a really nice ceiling for it and a solid floor with that rushing upside. And Josh Allen, we just know who Josh Allen is. There's no worry about him. He's our QB one for the week. Yeah, and you know Chicago has been pretty bad. Yeah. against quarterbacks lately. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Devin Singletary and James Cook, I think, get a little bit of a bump. Um, if I'm starting either of them, it's going to be Devin Singletary. Uh, but, you know, they're going up against Chicago, first of all, right? They're, they're bad against the run. And then on top of that, the Bills might actually depend on the run a little bit more in this game. Yeah. Um, we already thought that they might do that coming into this game. But now with the weather, they might do that even more. 
Um, so those those are the main ones. There are a couple of other weather interesting weather concerns, but not nothing that will really affect fantasy to make a bunch of start sit decisions based on it. All right. Um, all right. So let's get into quarterback rankings. Uh, still have Josh Allen at number one. You know, like you said, you know, he still finds ways to get it done. The matchup is great. Uh, over the last four weeks, the Bears have given up the most fantasy points to the position. Yep. Uh, so, you know, Josh Allen against them, even in the, even in the elements, like just start him. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at number two against Seattle, Justin Fields at number three. Again, you know, we're depending on his rushing ability in this game. I can see him having more than a hundred yards easily in this week. This week he had 95 last week against Philly. He, he had a ton of rushing attempts. He's back to his, you know, his usual, uh, workload when it comes to the run game, which is great considering that he had that shoulder injury a couple weeks ago. Um, so he should be fine. And then Joe Burrow, you know, in New England with all of his weapons, you know, with jo- Joe Burrow, I mean, sorry, with uh, T Higgins and Jamar <laughs> Chase and Tyler, Tyler Boyd, uh, he, they might even get uh, back Hayden Hurst uh, this week as well. Uh, right. so that would be good for Joe Burrow to get all of his weapons there. So uh, go, even going into New England, you know, it, this might be a little bit of a cold game, but it shouldn't mm-hmm. really affect the passing too much. Yeah, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow with his full complement of weapons. <laughs> you know, I'm not super psyched about the matchup. You know, New England has been a little bit tougher, but they're not anything to, you know, go crazy about. Um, he, Like I said, he has his full complement of weapons. He was extremely efficient in the touchdown department last week. And, you know, he only had 200 yards, but he threw four touchdowns. I'm expecting more of the same because of his full complement of weapons being available. He's one of the most consistent quarterbacks this season. Really safe 15 point floor. I'm not worried about it at all. And he has that ceiling of overall QB1 on a weekly basis to boot. But then also with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, the only thing I was tempted to maybe put Patrick Mahomes at one because he has a pretty good matchup in what could be a shootout against Seattle. But um, I think Josh Allen, like we said, he's the winter warrior. He'll be, he'll be able to get it done. The matchup for him is as ideal as it's going to get. We said that the Bears are allowing the most points to QBs over the last four weeks. So I think that's a really good just slam dunk. You know, he's going to be the number one quarterback this week. And Justin Fields, too. You talked about the rushing ability being there. Even in a tough matchup, you know, I'm not worried about it. As long as he has that rushing ability, he's a must-start in all leagues. Because the Bears, if the Bills go up, you know, there's a chance. I mean, the Bears have been competitive in games, but the Bills go up. This Bears offense could be chasing points. And that's been Justin Fields' wheelhouse all season. Uh, let's see. You know, it, it's you know when you look at um, Joe Burrow, right? You look at what these quarterbacks have done lately against New England. Like Derek Carr threw for three touchdowns last week. The week before that was Colt McCoy. So whatever, he still threw for 246 yards though. Uh, Josh yeah. Josh Allen threw for two the week before that, and the week before that, Kirk Cousins threw threw for three. So pretty confident that Joe Burrow can potentially get three touchdowns in this game. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Tua at number five against Green Bay. Um, you know, that this game might actually have a little bit of scoring in it, right? Like, cause yeah. the Packers defense isn't great. Uh, Mammy's defense isn't great. 49 and a half over under. I think this is the highest over under of the week. If I'm not mistaken, it is right. It is. Yes, you're right. And so, so yeah, dude, like this is a game that you want to target. Um, I think that all of his receivers have good matchups in this, this week. I'm not worried about Jerry Alexander at all. Mm-hmm. Start Tyreek. Start Jalen Waddle. Uh, and, you know, even these running backs, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, you know, Jeff Wilson potentially being hurt. We'll see if he gets uh, bumped up to a limited practice today. Uh, but, you know, just keep in mind of that because Green Bay is also really bad against the run. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Tua, you know, Aaron Rodgers, both of them can, can go back and forth. Uh, did you get to see the spread on this game? I'm wondering how close they think this game is going to be. 
I didn't uh, minus see four. I saw yeah, the over under. Yeah. Yeah. Dolphins are favored by four points in this game. So uh, should, should be a close one. Uh, and this is in uh, this is in Miami. So yeah. uh, I think Tua can have a pretty good day this week. Yeah. One of the few games where, you know, we're not worrying about the weather at all, really. I mean, it. I think it's that Miami, the Dolphins, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think the Dolphins are probably like, you know, thank God. They're like, oh, yeah. that we're not going to the frozen tundra. Or could you imagine what the weather's going to be like? I don't know. I might have to look that up then and just see what the weather's supposed to in be Green in Bay, Green Bay. Probably terrible. If they were going to play it. Because <laughs> could you imagine them going to play that? Going to Buffalo one week and then following that up with uh, Green Bay the next week? That would have been tough. But I love to in this matchup, you know, I think Green Bay, they're not a scary defense at all. You know, Jair Alexander has not been playing the way that we've expected him to play based on the way we've seen him play the rest of his career uh, this season. He's having a bit of a down year. But um, with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle playing, you know, you can't ever just count Tua out. I think this is a good matchup at home. Uh, they need this one, you know, for the playoffs. I think they're going to play hard. It should be high scoring. I was surprised. I thought maybe the Chiefs and the Seahawks would be the highest one as far as the over-under. I think they're second. Um, they're at 48 and a half instead of 49 and a half, but it's close. Um, I expect Tua to do do big things because it's in Miami. If it was in Green Bay, completely different conversation. But Tua um, in Miami, I like him at five. That's good. I, I would put him over Justin Herbert, even though he's in a good matchup, um, who we have at six. You know, I, I think that he's playing a little bit uh, down <laughs> to the competition. He hasn't been as explosive as we want him to be in a really good stretch of matchups these last five weeks. Yeah, if, if Geno Smith had Tyler Lockett, you know, it would be a big difference. I mean, Justin Herbert, like I said, he hasn't been playing as well. He's been on a really good schedule these past few weeks, Justin Herbert has. So it looks like he should be producing more than he has. I think that's true. But Geno Smith, um, if he had Tyler Lockett, I would put him over Justin Herbert, definitely. You know, it's like, it's one of those things, Justin Herbert, man, like, you know, every time you think he's going to do well like this year, like, he, you know, he's not doing as well as he could, right? Like, he's, right. you know, he's, you know, Indy's kind of a middle of a road type of matchup. You know, they did get destroyed uh, last week, you know, when they had to come back. When, you know, when uh, when it, the, the other team was forced to throw the ball. I'm curious to see what is going to happen in this game. I I can't predict game script in this one. Like, I, I right. can't. If I had to guess what's going to happen, like, I could see the Colts running the ball uh, pretty well having this game close. I can also see Justin Herbert and the Chargers going up in this game. So this is going to be an interesting one, man. This is one of the tougher matchups to read for me this week. Yeah, it's a really tough matchup because the Colts, they didn't look bad, obviously, in the first half last week, but they were really bad in the second half last week. But I think that has to do with the game script. I think the Colts are better than their record indicates, and they could keep it close. Um, I like Justin Herbert, though, anyway, in this matchup. Like I said, I just want to see him hit that upside. <laughs> you know, he has all of his weapons now, and we didn't see it last week. I don't know what that was about. It was a really good matchup against the Titans. It was just a quiet day for them overall. But I think he has the upside still, but he hasn't shown that safe floor like other quarterbacks ahead of him have this season. That's why he's kind of floating down the six range um, this week. Yeah, so we have Herbert at six, Gino at seven, uh, Kirk Cousins at eight against the Giants, uh, Dak Prescott at nine against Philly. Uh, you know, we'll see what Gardner Minshew can do on the other side. You know, will they be able to stay up with Dallas? Will Dallas be able to score, you know, on Philly's defense, which I think they will. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where uh, what will the game script look like? But I think Dak will be solid this week. You know, Philly, regardless of who the quarterback is, I think they're going to be competitive. And I think Dak is going to end up having to throw the ball. Uh, I would normally have Trevor Lawrence above him, uh, you know, I think this week. But he's going up against the Jets in New York in a little bit of bad weather. Uh, so I'm going to go Dak over Lawrence, uh, who I have at 10. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was looking at the rankings and I was really tempted to put Trevor Lawrence over him, but just the weather conditions, you know, were enough to sway me to put Dak higher than Trevor Lawrence this week too. Um, I think Dak is going to be fine as far as production. It's not like the Cowboys are going to go up. I think Gardner Minshew is better than a lot of people, you know, think he is. And this is a situation that I would say rivals the 49ers as far as you could put any quarterback in and they'd be all right. You know, this is a good offense and a good defense, just a good team overall for Philadelphia. And if Gardner Minshew comes in, he's going to be able to play and keep him competitive. Um, I think he could be a starter, you know, somewhere on a couple teams throughout the league. I think that he's just kind of taking this backup role and run with it. But um, I, I think it's going to be a close enough game that Dak's going to be throwing the ball enough. It's a division game. It's going to be close regardless. So I, I'm not worried about Dak at all, this matchup. I'm not expecting a humongous ceiling, but he's not going to be – it's not going to be a dud week this week. Yeah, I think he'll settle right in the 18-20 point range like he's been. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Uh, and then I got Daniel Jones, um, your arch nemesis at number 11 <laughs> against Minnesota. Um, it, you know, it's a good matchup. You know, he has the he has a little bit of a rushing floor. Um, yep. And I have Tom Brady at 12 in Arizona. These are both away games for both of these guys. Um, I have Jared Goff down at a 13. Um, you know, I think Jared Goff had a couple of really good games against two bad defenses. And yeah. I think like he was being elevated to a point where he didn't really deserve to go. And I understand this offense is good. You know, Carolina though has in Carolina. Okay. I think this isn't a slam dunk for Jared Goff. And that's why I have him down at 13. I like the matchups more for Daniel Jones. I think he has a higher floor. Same thing with Tom Brady. I like his matchup more. Uh, you know, you, you saw that he was able to get yeah. some production out of Russell Gage as well. So, you know, I, I think the, both these guys have higher floors uh, than Jared Goff. But Goff definitely has a ceiling. Like if you're shooting for it, you know, I think Goff probably has the higher ceiling because of the weapons that he has. Yeah, I think that's 100% fair. And that's kind of how I look at it, too. I was tempted to put Jared Goff higher, but I think you're right when you say that his numbers might have been a little bit inflated by some good matchups these last few weeks. Carolina isn't a fantastic matchup. They're not a bad matchup either, but they're a pretty good defense, you know, just on paper when yeah. you look at him. Um, Daniel Jones, I know I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy, but against Minnesota with the rushing upside that he has, if he, all he has to do is be efficient in the passing game, and he could have a pretty big game, you know, settle right in that 20, 23 point range. Um, I think that's definitely within his, you know, range of outcomes. So I think Daniel Jones at 11 makes sense. And Tom Brady, also, like you said, you talk about the matchup. Arizona has not been very good at, at limiting quarterbacks. So Tom Brady he had a good game last week. Maybe he can build on it, um, even though they did lose. From a fantasy perspective, though, Tom Brady is picking up a little bit of steam. And down the stretch, we could see that more, especially, like you said, with a good matchup against Arizona. Yeah, I mean, he has 18 points in, uh, you know, in regular four-point scoring three of the last four weeks. The only time he didn't was against San Francisco uh, in week 14. Right. So, you know, he's looking he's looking pretty solid right now. Uh, and then I got Aaron Jones at 14. I was actually in between him and Jared Goff uh, at 13 and 14. Uh, but, you know, the, these running backs are starting to kind of gain some momentum, uh, you know, you know, in the – in uh in, in Green Bay. So I kind of think that, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers might end up, you know, not throwing the ball as much. You know, will, you know, will if this is going to be a true um, you know, back and forth contest, then yeah, Aaron Rodgers can do his thing. But yeah. his, you know, now that he has Romeo Dubs, you know, he has Christian Watson, obviously. Alan Lazar can still do his thing when he's being targeted. So he has good weapons. Um, you know, against Miami in the higher in a higher point total, I'm perfectly fine starting Aaron Rodgers this week. He could have done his thing last week if they needed him, uh, you know, on Monday night, but yeah. they didn't really need him in that game. So, you know, in this game, if Miami ends up scoring, maybe Aaron Rodgers has to do a little bit more. I think that's very possible. You know, I think Aaron Rodgers, he's been playing a little bit better, you know, and he has more of his weapons coming back. Romeo Dubs should be back. 
you know, fully. fully Obviously, he didn't, fully, run, right. he didn't run so many routes last week, but he did get a lot of targets. So it'll be interesting to see how he's used. And if he's having a good day, chances are Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good day, especially with Christian Watson on the, on the other side. Uh, he's going into this game. Aaron Rodgers is with the best supporting cast. Like he's like I said, he's had all season. With Romeo Dubs, he's now going to be healthy completely. Christian Watson's going to be healthy. Aaron, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon were getting it done out of the backfield last week. This could definitely be a high-scoring game. And like I said, the Dolphins will be thankful if the matchup is warm in Miami. Um, that should make it easier for them to score and also the, the the Packers. So it should be easier to hit that over-under. That's up that high. You know, it has them as a high-scoring game. Caesars does, I think, this week, right? That's yeah, yeah, so should we, we go? I mean, uh, you know, I'm looking at this golf, you know, ranking, right? And yeah, w- would you be tempted to put Rodgers over golf? I think Carolina line and, and Detroit is a 43 over under, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers is near 50. As we're talking about it, you know, I kind of am. Um, yeah. The matchup isn't that enticing for Jared Goff, where Aaron Rodgers has a really good one, if I'm not mistaken, that the Dolphins are like the, allowing the second most points to quarterbacks this season. I think overall, yeah. so that that's really good <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers, especially the way he's been coming on. He's been playing a little bit better recently these past few weeks. So I, I think maybe we can move Aaron Rodgers up to 13. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's move Aaron Rodgers to 13, Jared Goff to 14. And then Derek Carr at 15, we will not be moving him up. Uh, no. But he's playing <laughs> against Pittsburgh. You know, he, he had a decent game. He had a good game this past week because we didn't think he was going to do so well. So this week, you know, in Pittsburgh, you know, it's, it's one of those matchups where you could go either way with Derek Carr. But yep. he has a high enough – I was going to say high enough floor, but then that wouldn't count all the games that where he shits the bed. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> he only had one bad game in the last, like, eight weeks. Yeah. You know? So I think Derek Carr can be up there. And, you know, honestly, you know, this might be too low. We might be shitting on Derek Carr a little bit too much, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> you know, if you look at what he's been doing, you know, he's had a high floor. He hasn't shown his ceiling, but the yeah. floor has been there. So, you know – in Pittsburgh, you know, this could go either way. Uh, but I think Derek Carr is, you know, he's just a definition of a solid start, I would say. Yeah. We we talk crap about Derek Carr a lot on this podcast, but he's been performing exactly how we've been ranking him almost, you know, as a high-end QB2 for most of the season. Um, that's where I think he's going to continue to be. It's just we haven't seen the upside that we hope to see, you know, with Devontae Adams. We haven't seen him really play with all of his, you know, premier pass catchers on the field. Obviously, Darren Waller was back last week. Um, with Devontae Adams, Mac Collins, Josh Jacobs. I think there's room for him to improve and maybe move up these rankings, maybe these next this next week or two. But until we see that, I think a high in QB2 is where he's going to settle. Because Josh Jacobs, an offense that has Josh Jacobs, you know, it's going to be tough for him to get the insane volume that might be necessary to have, like, you know, those three, four touchdown days. Yeah, that's true. And I, if I'm not mistaken, the Steelers have been giving up some, some fantasy points to running backs lately. Um, uh, just, I think a little bit. I think I had a note on that. Yeah, well, uh, last week, you know, the Panthers obviously couldn't get anything going. Uh, but the couple weeks before that, they have been. Um, so, uh, you know, I like I like uh, Josh Jacobs a lot this week. I think he can potentially get back to to what he was doing uh, before last week. Last week, obviously, he didn't score. Yeah. Um, but, you know, J.K. Dobbins, 15 for 120. You know, Gus Edwards, that same game, 13 for 66. The week before that, uh, Algier and Patterson over, you know, f- five yards of carry. Jonathan Taylor was able to do his thing the week before. So I think I think Josh Jacobs is in for, for a pretty good day this week. Um, it's it's yeah. fine. I'll talk more on that, on Josh Jacobs, when we get to him in the rankings, because I'm sure. actually taking, like, the opposite road with it. Okay, we'll gotcha. See. 
Uh, Brock Purdy at 16. Uh, you, listen, Brock Purdy's just able to get it done, right? Yeah. You know, he's fitting in the system. You know, he's making the throws where he needs to needs to throw them. He's not making mistakes. Um, so that's really what it comes down to. And this is, you know, as far as his ranking goes, you know, it's him guarding Minshew at 17 because, like, both of these guys, guys who are stepping into the system uh, and are able to just kind of take advantage because of the coaching and the weapons that they have. Yeah, these are guys that we don't know a whole lot about. Obviously, Brock Purdy, we've seen him play for two weeks. And Gardner Minshew, we know what kind of quarterback he is from his days in Jacksonville. But in these offenses, we've got to see how it goes. I, they're Like I said, they're both backups stepping into really good situations. All they have to do is be efficient. And when that kind of thing happens, you know, I think the ceiling kind of tops out at two touchdown passes. <laughs> you know, they're not going to ask them to do too much. So I would temper expectations with these guys a little bit. But I don't see a situation where these guys have like dud games. You know, they're going to be playing well, I think, because of the supporting cast around them. Brock Purdy, especially, we know that's going to happen. And I expect Gardner Minshew in a game, you know, against Dallas. It's a division game. He's going to be playing hard because of the character that he is as a quarterback. Um, I think he he's obviously stepped down from Hurts in the rushing department. And I'm not saying he has a, he's as good as a passer of Hurts, as Hurts, but I don't think it's as, a, it's as big of a steep drop as it would be with most other backup quarterbacks. And I'm confident that Gardner Minshew can get it done this week. So I think having him at 17 here as a QB, too is perfectly realistic. Uh, and then we have Zach Wilson at 18, followed by Sam Darnold at 19, and Deshaun Watson all the way down at 20 because I'm just worried about the uh, the Cleveland weather. So, yes, I am playing yeah. Zach Wilson. I know I know the weather's bad in New York as well, but it's not as bad. Um, I think Zach Wilson can still get it done. He still has, you know, a few weapons. Um, you know, and Jacksonville is one of those defenses that they do give up a lot of passing yards and fantasy points to quarterbacks uh, yeah. o- over the year and lately as well. So, I think Zach Wilson can be okay this week only because of the matchup. And that's pretty much it. Uh, And then Sam Darnold too, like, you know, against Detroit, very similar thing where Detroit, you know, they've been good against running backs, but against the past, they haven't been as good. Um, And yeah, like, it's crazy to think that I'm starting these guys over Deshaun Watson this week though. (laughs) I don't think it's that crazy because the problem is with Deshaun Watson, you know, he just hasn't had the upset. And you look at the offense since he's come back, it has not been explosive at all. The touchdowns have not been there Um, in the cold weather. You know, maybe 20 is a little high. <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust Deshaun Watson really in this offense right now to keep things going smoothly. If Jacoby Brissett were playing, do you think maybe that the Cleveland offense would get a boost or do you think the weather would still just affect? I think the weather would still be a factor, to be honest with you. Right. Okay. And then also, just a question. I'm not sure if we know anything about Lamar or Huntley or whoever's going to be playing for the yeah, Ravens. If Lamar point. would play, where do you think he would be ranked? Or Tyler Huntley, where do you think these guys would be ranked? Well, you know what? Uh, the weather in, in Baltimore is supposed to be pretty bad, too, this yeah. week. Um, I would probably have, um, looking at the top 10 here, I would probably have ranked maybe under maybe under Dak, like right ahead of Trevor, maybe, something like that. Maybe, so maybe ahead Lamar? of Daniel Jones. Is that what you're talking about? L- Lamar, yeah, right. like probably okay. around 10, 10, like low on QB1 this week, I would say. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. That's what I was kind of thinking, too. I wasn't going to put him as a QB2, but... He definitely is not a high-end quarterback right now, especially coming off the injury. We're not sure yeah. if he's going to play. There's a chance that he doesn't play. Um, but even when he has played, you know, he had those great three weeks to start. And then since then, he's been like a mid-QB too. That, that's been about it. So I would temper expectations regardless of who starts. Tyler Huntley, do you think he even makes the top 20 if he plays? I mean, he um, I might, I, think. I might play him over Deshaun, but like barely. Yeah. Barely. He's barely there, I would say. Right, you know, and I was yeah. Listen, man, we we I was high on Tyler Huntley when he took over. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, this offense is gonna be fine. Like, nope, 
No, he hasn't been looking good. He hasn't been looking good. Lamar obviously is a step up over Tyler Huntley, but I looked at the way that they play the game. It's like they didn't have to change the offense that much, but it's been pretty drastic. As bad as the Ravens offense, the Ravens offense wasn't bad, but it wasn't really good with Lamar. But with Tyler Huntley, and it's just been like bad. You know, so it shows you that Lamar does make a difference in that offense. Can't just put anyone there. And that the lack of weapons on the outside is really showing. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, let's move on to running backs. Christian McCaffrey at number one. Uh, Derrick Henry at number two against Houston. Derrick Henry's last, like, several games against Houston have just been crazy. He's just been running all <laughs> over them. So, like, yeah. if I had Derrick Henry, I'd be very excited <laughs> this week. Yeah. Um, and Josh Jacobs at number three in Pittsburgh. Um, so are you do you not like Josh Jacobs as much this week? I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm not a humongous fan of Josh Jacobs this week. Maybe I see we have him at three, but just looking at the guys beneath him, Austin Eckler and Tony Pollard. Austin Eckler has a fantastic matchup. And the top of the running back ranks are kind of loaded with good matchups. But this is a Colts team that's allowing the most fantasy points running backs over the last four weeks and the fifth most on the year. I like him as um, one of the top guys this week, the matchup makes him a top three option, which I would move Josh Jacobs out of. But the thing about Josh Jacobs is over the past four weeks, over the season, the Steelers have been allowing um, pretty many points to the running back position. But over the last four weeks, they've been allowing the fourth least to fantasy running backs this week. So um, per week. So I think that Josh Jacobs, after a game where, you know, they leaned on the pass game a little bit, you know, Darren Waller's back. I know the weather might be a little bit of a factor, but you have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, these guys. Derek Carr has been playing pretty well. Um, they're going to give Josh Jacobs his touches, but I'm not sure against this defense right now. It seems like they've been coming on as as of late in the running game. I'm tempering expectations with him a little bit because they ran him into the ground a couple weeks ago, and they might take it easy on him in the cold. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. If it is cold, you know, they might use him a little bit more, but I, I think I've want to just temper expectations a little bit. Like Austin Eckler, I think, is a clear pick over Josh Jacobs this week, and maybe even Tony Pollard. I have Josh Jacobs as my RB7 in my rankings right now, but that might be a little bit drastic. Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh is going to be really, really cold uh, yeah. in this game. So, you know, keep that in mind. But it's nothing that would really, you know, make a whole lot of difference in terms of fantasy uh, because the winds aren't that crazy. I think it's only 10 to 15 miles per hour uh, in that game. So, yeah, no, I hear you, man. Um I think, you know, the week before, you know, the Ravens offense in terms of the running game against the Steelers was they were really efficient, you know, right. and the week before that, Atlanta was pretty efficient against them, too. So, you know, I think it just so happened that, you know, the the Steelers just were, were like, you know, against the Panthers, they know what their identity is. And mm-hmm. they just basically was like, yo, we're not letting you run the ball. We're going to make Sam Darnold beat us. Right. Uh, and they didn't. Um, that's kind of how I see it. Now, one of the other reasons why I would normally have austin eckler at ahead of josh jacobs and i would have had him this week and i did have him over uh, josh jacobs this week but eckler did have a shoulder injury uh in that game this past week and he got tested on that yesterday it came back negative he's all good but it could be bothering him a little bit and it's possible that josh kelly sees a little bit more work in that backfield with Eckler not playing as many snaps as he does maybe around 50 percent. he's still going to get a ton of work that's why i still have him at number four here uh, right. but if i had to choose between these two guys that's the reason why 
I'm going Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, and as far as Tony Pollard goes, uh, you know, I think, you know, this is a, a matchup like Pollard is like, you have to play him every single week because yeah. of the ceiling that he provides. Um, and, you know, if Gardner Minshew can't get that offense going, Pollard can potentially get a ton of work and, you know, see, see, you know, it's tough to predict game sugar, but the Cowboys these days, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. like over the last couple of weeks, the Cowboys, you know, have been playing to the level of competition that they've been against. Uh, so this is going to be a good. I think this is going to be a good game, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, mm. You know, for the Eagles, and you know, they're talking about Jalen Hurts might play this and that. I just think it's all gamesmanship. I think he's not going yeah, to play in this he's game. He's not going to play. You know, but you know, in order for the Cowboys to spend resources and time on, you know, what if Jalen Hurts plays? That's the reason why they're they're not going to just rule him out today. That wouldn't make any sense. Right. Um, you want to make your opponent, you know, do as much unnecessary work as possible because uh, yeah. there's only a finite amount of time to prepare. Uh, so yeah, no, I can see that. I, I I can totally I can totally get behind that. Um, so Ramadre Stevenson at six. I got Saquon at seven. Dalvin Cook at eight. Um, I got Jerick McKinnon yeah. at number nine this week. Um, I think he which, belongs up here this week. One hundred. Uh, there you go. There you go. And you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where you know coming into last week. You know, there was no way that I was going to play Jarek McKinnon as somebody who, you know, I knew that he was going to get it done. Even though he finishes the RB1 in week yeah. 14, coming into week 15, you know, that was a fluky week for me. Week 14 was a fluky week for me. However, yeah. going into week 15, his route participation went up big time. Not only that, but also he had two straight games of eating into Isaiah Pacheco's workload on the ground even more, right? Not right. the fact that he produced on the ground, but the fact that his running back rushing share went up to 40% and Pacheco fumbled in that game. So M- McKinnon is looking like the preferred option in this backfield at this point. Complete flip-flop right now. Pacheco, I still have him, I think, in the top 20, something like that. Uh, right. But McKinnon, somebody that is literally, like, he's a must-start. Like, I have to have him in my lineup this week, especially in such a good matchup against the Seahawks. Yeah, this is going to be, I think, another big game for McKinnon. He might not be the RB1. I still think that there's a level of flukiness to this performance. You know, two straight 30-point weeks. You can't really expect that out of anybody except maybe, you know, the top guys like Christian McCaffrey and receivers like Devontae Adams. But Jarek McKinnon has been getting a receiver's workload at the running back position. And like you said, plus the running back workload, part of the running back workload in the Chiefs backfield that Isaiah Pacheco had a grip on, you know, a couple weeks ago. So he's coming on in both phases. It looks like Patrick Mahomes trusts him, and he's showing, you know, that he's one of the good pass-catching running backs in in the league. And we knew that going into it, but we hadn't seen this type of workload. He's taking full advantage of it. So I like Jarek McKinnon in this matchup. I think it's going to be a shootout against Seattle. Um, It it could, they could, this could be a really good game. Maybe I don't want to say game of the year, but in terms of scoring, there could be a whole lot because both of these defenses allow some points. And Seattle's fighting for its life, you know, in the playoffs against the Chiefs. I love the opportunity for Jarek McKinnon this week. I, I don't think I'd be surprised if he settled into the top five, six again this week, um, the way he's been playing. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Ramondre does have a tough matchup against Cincinnati, uh, but right. it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's going to get a full workout this week. He, yeah. He's going to be limited in practice all week, probably, because of that ankle injury. Um, right. But that's good. You want him to get ready for that game and not have to overwork during practice this week. Um, yeah. So so don't worry about him not practicing uh, in full this week. And, you know, Saquon, you know, he looked really good last week uh, and has a matchup against Minnesota where they've been giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. Uh, so, 
Uh, so yeah, he might not get it done and be efficient in the pass in the running game because Minnesota has been pretty good on a yards per carry basis, but uh, they've just been giving up points because a lot of te- a lot of these running backs are getting close to the goal line and punching it in uh, in right. both the running game and the passing game. I, I, just one thing before you know, I, I think maybe I might put Dalvin Cook over Saquon Barkley, and I don't want to like overreact too much to the matchup. But the last time we saw saw the Giants play against a really good team like the Eagles. Um, they got blown out. And Saquon, you know, he didn't have to do a whole lot. The game script wasn't favoring him. So I'm not sure if I like his upside over Dalvin Cook this week, especially if the Vikings would go up. I think Dalvin Cook, the game script, could lean into him getting some more carries towards the end of the game. And I kind of like Dalvin Cook a little bit more this week just because of that. Yeah, no, I I hear you on that one. I I just, my only... I think with Dalvin Cook, man, he's just not as involved in the passing game. Like, I know he had 95 receiving yards on that big, you know, that big play last week. But... Just not as involved in the passing game. That's my only thing. I think Saquon has a higher floor than him, you know. Uh, but Dalvin Cook, you know, I, I agree. Uh, the ceiling for Dalvin Cook is definitely higher every single week. Yeah. Um, and and just because and the yes. offense he's on. Yeah, yeah. And if he gets the workload, if he gets like twenty carries in this game, I can I can complete. I I would guess that Dalvin Cook will outrush Saquon this week, yeah. like in terms of rushing yards for sure. Right. Um, the thing about Dalvin Cook is we've seen him get those twenty carries and put up like nine points. <laughs> you know, where he doesn't like I you know. said that receiving workload doesn't come through but I, I think I trust Dalvin Cook in this matchup this week against the Giants um, it should be a good game I think the, the Vikings can pull away probably I can see that uh, and then Nick Chubb uh, they're also at home too in Minnesota yeah. uh, Nick Chubb uh, against New Orleans New Orleans has been letting up to running backs lately dude like yeah. they've been giving up what like uh, they've been they've been bad um, fourth most <laughs> fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks um, and like again, we talked about this Cleveland matchup, very windy, just na- a nasty game. Um, so Nick Chubb could potentially get a, a big workload and do his thing in this game. I think they're going to depend more on the run game this week uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, and we talked about this at the beginning of the show. You know, you talked about the weather. It's definitely going to be a running type of day, you know, in this matchup. I think Nick Chubb, he has been pretty quiet the last few weeks, but I think they can get done. He had 100 yards. Though last week, so that was kind of encouraging against a, a pretty good Ravens defense. They they've been coming on um, towards the end of the season. You know they've been, I think, overperforming for the talent that they have. But Nick Chubb, he, he should be able to get it done. This is where he's kind of been all season. We had him ranked a lot higher earlier when he was doing his thing with Jacoby Brissett in the center. The entire offense for Cleveland has kind of come down to earth with Deshaun Watson. Um, so I think having him here, here at ten makes sense. Um, especially he, with the weather just, the way it is. Yeah, he just hasn't been scoring. You know, that's three straight weeks of him, you know, without scoring a touchdown. But the, right. before that, you know, he had more touchdowns than games played. Uh, so <laughs> those, those touchdowns yeah. are going to be coming back in his favor. I think he ends up, you know, punching one in this week. Uh, Aaron Jones in Miami. I like him this week. You know, him and A.J. Dillon have been getting it done. Um, I think A.J. Dillon's production has been a little bit fluky. He played less than forty percent of snaps this past week, and he ended up getting some some work in, inside the ten yard line, and he ended up scoring. Um, mm. But Aaron Jones is still the guy. Um, Zeke against Philly, you know, he's been getting it done every single week. He can't stop scoring. Um, you know, he has that li- literally has that nose for the end zone. So he's yeah. gonna just just keep starting him. I was I was tempted to put him in my top ten, but I was like, listen, man, I can't I can't do it. The only reason why is because he doesn't have the same type of ceiling as a lot of these other guys do, like Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. Um, so that's the reason why I have him here at 12. 
he doesn't have the workload either. And although he does get, you know, a lot of carries, like Tony Pollard's getting the receiving work in Dallas for the most part. And Zeke, you know, I think he's hit like 14 or 15 carries, you know, the past few weeks. And having a touchdown every week on just 14 or 15 carries, I'd say that's just a little bit of overproduction. I think there's a chance we could see that kind of come back down to earth. I think against Philly, he will get in the end zone. He's historically been pretty good against Philly. Um, He eats pretty well. But I, I think having him here at 12 makes sense just because of that touchdown upside. And like I've called him, He's a new age Jamal Williams. Like that touchdown nose that you talk about has shifted from Detroit to Dallas. And it's with Zeke, you know, the veteran kind of taking those touches from the younger guy in Pollard. Um, it, it makes sense. But um, I, I think, you know, both of these Cowboys running backs are really good starts. And Zeke should be able to continue to get it done. I'm surprised we still have him here. I wouldn't have expected a couple of weeks ago to see that Zeke is still hanging around in the top 12. Yeah, are you kidding me? Like I was so low on Z coming into the year. There's no way I would have thought I would have have him anywhere near the top twelve. Right. Um, I think what were we ranking him? Like RB twenty five, twenty six, something like that. And that was something like that. That was without Pollard, you know, being a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we knew that Pollard was going to become a. Uh, I I think we had Zeke ranked above Pollard, or, or maybe yeah. right around him before the season that, started. Yeah, that's what it was. Um. But we have Kenneth Walker here at 13 against Kansas City. Uh, there's definitely going to be some clarity here because Kenneth Walker is going to play. Uh, he played last Thursday night. He has some extra, He's going to have some extra rest uh, against Kansas City. So, you know, I think he's back up to that, you know, near, you know, elite type of player where you're going to have to start him uh, against Kansas right. City. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. So Kenneth Walker can definitely get in on that. You know, Casey, you know, a little bit tough against running backs in terms of yards per carry. Uh, but you know, it, if there's going to be scoring, if they're going to be moving the ball, you know, Kenneth Walker, another guy knows for the end zone. Uh, he's somebody that it's very hard to bench. He was easy, you know, to bench last week if you had other options, but I think this week in a game that we think that should have a lot of scoring, he'll be fine. He did still play a 75% of snaps last week and he was a little bit more involved in the past game too. That could be the case again, you know, this week, especially with Tyler Lockett out. Yeah, that definitely could be the case. You know, you talk about that receiving workload. It could be something that we see more, like you said, with Tyler Lockett out. But the other thing that I'm looking at is, you know, we say he has a nose for the end zone, but he hasn't scored a touchdown the past two weeks. And before that, he had scored, let's see, six, seven, eight, nine, nine touchdowns over the last six games that he played before these last two weeks. So touchdown regression should be coming, I think, especially against the Chiefs defense. They're not fantastic you know uh they're not a bad matchup they're not a fantastic matchup either they're right in the middle of the pack you talk about the yards per carry but i think that the way that this game is going to go um kenneth walker should be in line for at least a score whether it's going to be through the air or the ground uh, i think he's gonna have a solid day uh i got james connor at 14 against tampa bay uh he's simply been getting it done lately my yep. only concern this week is is trace mcsorley going to be able uh to move the ball uh, that's my only concern here. However, you know, I think he's still going to be depending on Connor in the in the passing game. So I think Connor has a solid floor, you know, 10 to 15 point PPR floor. Uh, and he has room for a little bit of upside if he ends up scoring. You know, on that last drive where Connor ended up scoring last week, McSorley did lead that drive, uh, you know, and I think it was like six for seven, you know, and and was able to kind of lead them down the field. But, you know, obviously later in that game, I yeah. think James Connor's going to be fine um, this week. I just don't think he has enough uh you know, I don't think he's either as dependable this particular week only because of the quarterback uh, downgrade. Yeah, and even if the quarterback situation wasn't as bad as it was, I'm not sure how much higher I would be ranking James Conner. Like, would you put him inside the top ten? Like, I, I don't. Know I would put him would above. I would put him above Zeke. Right. Uh, if if um you know if uh, what's his name? Who was the other quarterback again? 
was it Colt McCoy? Yeah, Colt McCoy. Yeah. If Colt McCoy was a quarterback, I would probably have him above Walker, above Zeke, just because uh, I think his his workload is that much more secure. Um, and he has like nearly as much of a nose for the end zone as Zeke does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I would have him as a low-end RB2 this week yeah. if the quarterback situation was a little different. The thing with James Conner, though, you're right. You know, I am concerned about the offense being able to move the ball. If the defense doesn't have to respect the passing game, you know, they're just going to be able to load the box against James Conner. It could be tough sledding for him as far as, you know, an efficiency standpoint goes. Maybe they get down to the red zone and, you know, he punches in a touchdown. I think you're going to be depending on a touchdown this week. But like you said, the receiving work with Trace McSorley, our quarterback, assuming that's the case, he might be dumping it off to James Conner a couple of times this game. That should be enough to buoy him, like you said, with that 10-point floor. I don't think you have to worry about him in this matchup. And we actually liked him, I think, last week, too, because yeah. he's just been getting that workload that we like to see, that we expected to see all season. The, the good thing about it is that I'm not as worried about um, you know them like stacking the box or anything because like they you still got a Hopkins to worry about you still got a Hollywood to worry about so like they can't I don't think they'll be able to do that I know it's, it's still Trace McSorley but yeah. you got to defend those guys uh, because they can as you know they can really you know put up some big plays so that's 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 what James Conner has going for him at least um, yeah Alvin Kamara you know I have met fifteen. It was disappointing to see James uh, David uh, David Johnson. I was going to say David Robinson. Wow, <laughs> um, David Johnson. Um, you know, running you know another one more route over the over Alvin Kamara last week, which is weird. Uh, but it is what it is. They, they just want to have a committee there uh, in New Orleans. Uh, but this week against Cleveland, terrible weather. They might depend on the running game a little bit more. Uh, and you know, I can see Alvin Kamara getting twenty plus carries in this game. And do you think this is solely a weather ranking? I mean, the way he's been playing has not been good. And you know, the workload hasn't been there. No. You think this uh, is- yeah, I would say so. I would probably have Joe Mixon ranked above him. And, you know, maybe David Montgomery. You know, I have I have them at 16 and 17. Montgomery, you know, I, I, the reason why I have Montgomery ranked this low is because of the fact that Khalil Herbert is probably back this week. Yeah, that's true. Um, we had him ranked lower. Did we not have David Montgomery ranked lower than 17 last week? I, I, um, I don't, I'm not my sure. memory might be completely clouded, but probably I because like we had because I liked I liked ETN more. I had Miles Sanders up there. Uh, we had Pacheco higher, ranked above him, and it's mm-hmm. really because of the matchups. And you know, it was just a different situation last week. Right. Yeah. But Alvin Kamara, I want to say I trust him here. I think this might be ranking him at his ceiling. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and the weather won't be you know really conducive. And if they keep using David Johnson, you know, and Alvin Kamara is going to get his snaps cut. I'm not sure I like that as much to put him right behind James Conner, who's probably going to have a massive workload. You know, I mean, I know Joe Mixon had his work cut out a little bit too by Samaja Ryan, but I, I kind of like Joe Mixon more. You know, the way that these offenses have been playing, and Alvin Kamara just hasn't looked like himself in the cold. I wonder if that's going to change. We've seen Alvin Kamara do his thing on Christmas weekend before. That was two years ago um, with a much different offense. So I think that maybe I'd be leaning Joe Mixon over Alvin Kamara, even though the weather. Um, does kind of suggest run run heavy this week. Yeah, it's just a good matchup for Alvin Kamara. You know what I mean? Like Cleveland has been absolutely terrible defending running backs. Um, so that's why I have Alvin Kamara at 15. And I, th- I think I'm going to stick with that. And, you know, Joe Mixon, you know, not a good matchup against New England in New England. On top of that, Samaji P. Ryan is cutting way too much into his workload. Uh, so I don't trust Joe Mixon at all this week. Um, I'm still starting him as a solid RB2. But, you know, I, I, I think I, if I had to guess, I would say that Alvin Kamara probably has like, you know, a good handful more touches uh, than Joe Mixon in this game. All right. That makes sense. We'll see. David Montgomery, you know, 
I would I would probably have David Montgomery over Kamara this week. You know, if Khalil Herbert wasn't coming back this week, that, that's my yeah. only thing with him. However, I still think he has a solid floor. You know, in this game, you know, in Chicago, it's going to be a bad weather game. David Montgomery, uh, David Montgomery could still get some volume. And on top of that, I think he's good for like a good amount of targets in this game. He has no weapons right now. Claypool's banged up. Mooney's out, obviously. So Justin Fields is going to look for somebody. And in a bad weather game, he might be checking it down a lot, right? To yeah. David Montgomery, uh, especially if it's windy. And it is windy in that game. So I think Montgomery will be fine this week against Buffalo. Not a matchup that I'm necessarily super, you know, scared of or anything. We saw, you know, Raheem Mostert this past week do his thing um, yeah. against against Buffalo. Yeah, I'm not worried about David Montgomery either. And you're right. He's like the only weapon really in this offense right now outside of maybe Cole Komet, but he had a quiet day last week and we're not sure what kind of contributor he's going to be on a week-to-week basis. I, I like David Montgomery in this matchup, even though Khalil Herbert is coming back. Um, Justin Fields is obviously looking, you know, to get the ball to somebody who can do something with the ball. And Dave Montgomery's, like we said, really the only guy that can do that. He did have that receiving touchdown last week. And that was against a, that was a pretty tough matchup against the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles aren't, you know, fantastic against the run. They haven't been the past couple of weeks. But I, I think that Dave Montgomery, even against Buffalo, it's the same, almost the same situation. You know, it's, it's probably going to be cold. Uh, Dave Montgomery should have a nice enough workload that he has that solid floor, like we said. And with Khalil Herbert playing, that's kind of what we had this is kind of where we had him, you know, when Khalil Herbert was playing earlier in the season. Um, just a solid floor play. The upside isn't necessarily the same with Khalil Herbert playing, but he's definitely startable. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco at 18 against Seattle. This is a really, really good matchup. Obviously, we like McKinnon more, who we have in our top 10 right now. Uh, but Pacheco against Seattle, you know, he should get 15 carries in this game pretty easily. Uh, this is a, a game where Seattle, uh, you know, has been given up so many fantasy points to running backs. They've been really, really bad. Uh, so yeah, just just start Pacheco as a solid RB two. I think it's it's that simple. Um, and then Miles Sanders at nineteen and Travis Etienne at twenty. You know, Etienne's really low here uh, in, yep. in our rankings. But now, will he get volume? I think he will. I think he will get volume. I don't think I don't see the Jets like going up in this game, right? Right. But it is a little bit of a tougher matchup. Uh, he's not really being used in the passing game at all. Couple couple catches here and there this year. Uh, and Miles Sanders at 19, you know, even though he, he didn't come through last week when we wanted him to. And then afterwards, he gave the middle finger to every fantasy football fan uh, on Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, I think he can still get it done against Dallas. Dallas hasn't been, you know, this great rushing defense or anything like that. If this game stays close, Sanders could get it done. And it's possible that with Minshew under center, they try to start depending on Sanders from the get. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. The Eagles are definitely going to be relying more on Miles Sanders and the run game in general this week with Gardner Minshew, a quarterback. I don't think it's that, you know, it's not going to be severely handicapped to the point where we need to change rankings really for the receivers. But Miles Sanders stands to see the best boost, you know, because Jalen Hurts is out. He had a couple good weeks before this last week where he just put up an absolute dud. You know, he had that fumble and uh, things weren't looking really good for him last week against a beatable Bears defense. You know, if I'm not mistaken, they were allowing some of the most was it the most fancy points to running backs yeah. last week? Yeah, so he, he kind of fell short in that matchup, but in the division matchup against the Cowboys, Miles Sanders should be able to get it done. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for 80 yards. A touchdown, I think, is right in his wheelhouse, and that's going to be plenty enough to justify his ranking at 19. Do you like him more than Isaiah Pacheco this week? Or David Montgomery? I think I, I, think I like him more than Isaiah Pacheco just because of the way Jarek McKinnon is playing. 
you know, it's going to be a shootout. I'm not sure if they're going to be relying too much on the run game, you know, against Seattle, Kansas City is. Um, but Dave Montgomery, I think he's locked in for enough of a workload in an offense that's really just devoid of weapons that we can keep him over Miles Sanders. But I do like Miles Sanders. I would maybe consider putting him over Isaiah Pacheco. I hear you. Dude, Seattle has been given up the second most fantasy points over the four weeks, last four weeks, and then uh, the second most over the season. He, the, the, over the last four weeks, Seattle has been given up 40 fantasy points to running backs each week. That's how that's much that's what they average. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's enough for both these guys. Yeah, uh, yeah know, it would be. be unless um, unless Derek McKinnon takes 34 of those points. Like that's what he's had. True. You know, he's averaging 33 points, so that leaves seven on the table for uh, Pacheco by those numbers. Hey, you never know, man. 70 yards rushing. Yeah. I can see that with Pacheco and that's it. Yep. Um DeAndre Swift, I have him at 21 against Carolina. Uh you know, obviously just an upside play. He did Get some more snaps last week, which is good. You never know what way this pendulum is going to swing this week, though. Uh, Najee Harris at 22 against Vegas. Uh, you know, Vegas is pretty vulnerable uh, to running backs, and, you know, they've been giving up a ton of fantasy points as well. So Najee Harris, you know, he got the volume last week. He ended up scoring, you know. So this Steelers offense is going to be depending on Najee Harris moving forward. And in, in Pittsburgh, I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than we think. Yeah, I think it'll be a close game, too. And that would be good news for Najee Harris to continue running the ball. You know, they'll keep the game script in reach. No one's going to run away with this game. Uh, the Steelers' defense hasn't been allowing a whole lot of points to receivers, I don't think, if that's the case. But um, I, I do like Najee Harris in this matchup. Uh, he's been just, like, super consistent the past few weeks. He's finding the end zone more, um, so that's good. He's looked a little bit healthier since, you know, that, in that injury kind of forced him out of the one game. But I like him here. I, I would be tempted to put him over DeAndre Swift at this point. I think even though he is a floor play, DeAndre Swift, like you said, that pendulum could swing anyway. Justin Jackson is still getting a handful of snaps every game, enough to hamper him a little bit. I would maybe consider putting Najee Harris over him. I'm not sure the upside is there Najee Harris, but I don't really trust DeAndre Swift at this point. It would be easy to say last week, like a couple of weeks ago, we saw his snaps go up, DeAndre Swift, and we got all excited about it, and it came right back down. I'm not trusting this you know, upward trend last week. I think we could easily see him put up another dud performance this week. Yeah, I think in a PPR league, I think their floors are pretty similar. Uh, yeah. I, I would say, you know, even if Swift goes down. So because of the chance of some more upside, that's probably why I, I just lean Swift just a little, by a little bit. Um, Raheem Moser at 23, I have him here uh, assuming that Jeff Wilson is going to play. If yeah. he does not play, I would have him higher. Um, I would probably have Raheem if, if Jeff Wilson doesn't play. I would have Raheem Mostert probably ahead of Travis Etienne this week around that you know mid RB two range, uh, just yeah. because of the fact that he has big playability. This Green Bay defense, rushing defense, has been absolutely terrible this year. They're one of the worst in the league, um, and you know he could take advantage. He did his thing last week against the Bills, and he had uh, a, a very solid workload. So I think at home against Green Bay in a game that's very high scoring. You want to have Raheem Mostert in your lineup, especially if Jeff Wilson doesn't play. Now, if Jeff Wilson does play, I think Raheem Mostert still is a low-end RB2 because I still think he's going to be the 1A with Wilson a little bit banged up, right? Like not a, not yeah. at 100%. Uh, so right. it's still a good matchup. Still a high-scoring game. Raheem Mostert is still going to be involved. So I think he's a, a pretty good play regardless this week. Yeah, I like Raheem Mostert definitely. You know, you talk about the Packers not being very good against the um, running backs. They've been allowing the eighth-most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. Um, that's all you could really ask for. And like we said, this is a good weather matchup. You're not going to be worrying about any type of cold weather, even though most of the games are. So I think Raheem Mostert, he's going to be he's going to be fine. The yeah, Dolphins offense should be as dynamic as we've seen it for most of the season. 
They're going to be swimming, no flopping around swimming, this week. Swimming, right? not they're flopping, yeah. <laughs> swimming, you know, doing some tricks, all that. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins <laughs> at 24. Uh, you know, we've seen him be very efficient over the last two weeks. This is also a solid matchup against Atlanta. Um, so, you know, he's going to take the lead. If if Lamar is back, you know, this is a better thing for J.K. Dobbins. Keep in mind the weather isn't amazing. It's like a really cold, cold. It's cold in Baltimore this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. yeah, temperature in the 20s, 15-mile-per-hour winds. Uh, so Dobbins this week, they could depend on their ground game a little bit more. Um, you know, Atlanta you know, has been pretty vulnerable lately. If Dobbins can continue the efficiency, that'll be great. But just remember that when you're playing Dobbins, you are banking on the efficiency to continue because you're not going to see Dobbins get a 20-carry game. Right. And you said that his his ceiling in his career, he hasn't broken that 15-carry threshold yet, which correct kind of kind of disappointing. But it makes sense, I guess, with Gus Edwards in the backfield. He has been super efficient. I think if he scores a touchdown, that's what makes him, you know, a higher, it's going to give him higher upside. We have him ranked as a low end RB2. I think his ceiling's like a high end RB2 if he gets that touchdown. I think this is a very, you know, solid matchup, like you said, against Atlanta, where this offense could do better than they did last week against the Browns, especially if Lamar is back. We'll have to see how that goes. But um, J.K. Dobbins, regardless, I think he's going to be a safe play. And like you said, if Lamar plays, do you move him up? Do you think? Um, a couple spots? I don't know. I feel like you kind of have so. to. I don't think so. Would you? Okay, so would, would you because trust DeAndre? I, I'd rather play. I think Swift has a higher floor than Dobbins because he's not involved in the passing game at all. He only right. had 13 carries and 15 carries, and he went. He got nearly 100 yards. I don't think that's going to happen every week, man. You know, and mm. you know, I think I'd rather play Swift. I think he has more upside, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I, I want to take advantage of that matchup. Najee Harris, he's more of a bank. To get get uh get a, a higher a bigger workload, yep. He's uh, token eleven fantasy points. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, he has a chance of scoring with Dobbins at least. Like he's not getting you like eleven points without scoring, you know. Right. And and that's 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 the only thing. With Najee Harris, at least you know, he'll he'll get he'll get you twenty carries this week, most likely. That's that w- that would be my guess. All right. Um, but yeah, no, I can see it, man. Like I think Dobbins, you know, he's not at one hundred percent yet, but he's been efficient. Uh, and I can understand, you know, taking him over, but I just, I, I don't, he's not involved in the passing game. It's tough for me to put him any higher than this, to be honest. That, that makes sense. Yeah. I heard. Uh, and then I got Fournette at 25 against Arizona. I'm even tempted to put Fournette above Dobbins just because of how involved he is in the passing game. This is a very, very good matchup against Arizona. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I can see myself putting him over Fournette. I'm sorry, putting him over Dobbins this week. Um, and then we got Jamal Williams. I got Jamal Williams at 26 against Carolina. He's been going lower and lower ever since he stopped scoring, and DeAndre Swift has been a little bit more involved uh, in the offense. Um, against Carolina, this could be a game where, you know, they, they choose to run the ball a little bit. They are a little bit vulnerable in the passing game as well. Uh, but, you know, it really comes down to a touchdown for Jamal. The offense is good. That's why Jamal's here. And he's their primary right. goal line guy. That's the only reason why he's here at this point. Um, but, you know, AJ Dillon at 27, man, like, you know, last three games, you know, he's put up some serious fantasy numbers, right? Yeah, compared to it's what he kind was of, doing. It's kind of <laughs> fluky, though. It's kind of fluky, you know, the, the the two weeks before, you know, before the bye, like Aaron Jones got hurt, right, early in that game. So it's like, you know, you got to take that into account. And the last two games, like he's been scoring, you know, with a couple touchdowns, you know, several touchdowns. So less than 50% of snaps, less than 40% of snaps, if, if I'm not mistaken, last yeah. week. 
So how are you how are you handling Dylan this week? Like you want to start him, but like his floor is pretty low. Yeah, I'd say the floor is really low with AJ Dillon. I mean, the Dolphins, they're a pretty good matchup over the last four weeks. They're allowing the fifth most points to running back. So I would maybe give him the benefit of the doubt there. But you talk about the flukiness. This is not a guy that's, you know, producing at a level that's going to be maintainable. You know, you talk about his snap share being down. And he's, I think he's a touchdown dependent RB2. Um, yeah. I think high end RB2 is his upside, you know, assuming he scores. But if he doesn't, you know, those touchdowns have made all the difference for his production. If he doesn't get those, it's going to look just like it did the few weeks before this. Uh, the past three weeks, he's been fine because he's been scoring those touchdowns. But outside of that, it's been single-digit performances. He's not involved nearly enough. And it hasn't changed, he said. And that's 100% something to be concerned about with A.J. Dillon. The only reason I think it makes sense to have him here this high is because of the matchup. And that, you know, it, it's favorable. I think that the way that the Packers offense is playing, the receivers – they're good, but they still have work to do with Aaron Rodgers as far as, you know, being trusted. Christian Watson's doing his thing, obviously, but Romeo Dubs is back. They just leaned on the, the running backs a whole lot last week. There's no reason not to do that this week against a defense that has allowed a lot of points to them, um, you know, coming into the game. Yeah, and the reason why I have Jamal over him is because Jamal is the goal line guy. With A.J. Dillon, right. Aaron Jones can be in there pretty easily. So, you know, that's 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 my only concern there. And, you know, three weeks ago when he actually did get it done, he only had eight carries, you know, in that game. Yeah. You know, two weeks ago it's 18 carries. And this week, you know, on, on Monday night it was only 11 carries. So he wasn't even efficient. <laughs> on yeah, the ground no, he wasn't. In the ground. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I have him here because he's been doing his thing. But, you know, he's a little bit hard to trust for me. Mm -hmm. um, Zonovan Knight at 28 against Jacksonville he has taken a bit of a fall with Zach Wilson leading that offense um, you know part of his high floor was the fact that he was being peppered a little bit in the passing game um, you know from Mike White and with Mike White out I'm a little bit concerned now the good thing is that this is a much better matchup this week uh, than it was last week against the Lions Jacksonville yeah. has been pretty vulnerable to running backs if this ends up being a close game which I think it will be Zonovan and I could end up getting some, uh, getting a, a little bit of a workload here. Like I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. you know, that if he gets 15 to 18 carries, uh, and that would be great. However, if he's not targeted in the past game, you know, and he doesn't score, you're not looking at you know a great game, right? That's my only concern with Knight. I think right. he's still a solid flex play, and he has a little bit of upside, but he has to score. He has to get in the end zone. Yeah, I think that's. The way I'm treating it, too. You know, you kind of have it all outlined the way I would say it, especially with the workload, the chance for him to get some more rushing workload this week being up. I think that's 100 percent um, correct. I think that he could get that this week against a good matchup against Jacksonville. Um, the past four weeks, you know, last week they played the Lions and they're actually the worst team you want to play. If you're looking for fantasy points from a running back, they're allowing the least fantasy points over the last four weeks. The Lions were. So it was a tough matchup. You can give Zonovan Knight a mulligan in this offense. The only thing for me is like we talked about last week, too. With Zach Wilson under center, I'm not sure how much the receiving work is going to be there. You didn't have to rely on a touchdown with Zonovan Knight. With that receiving work there, now you do. I think he's a touchdown-dependent you know, flex play, but he has the upside that makes him intriguing as a play this week against Jacksonville, which is a pretty good matchup. I think they're allowing, is it the eighth or ninth? Somewhere in that range. Most fantasy points running backs over the last four weeks. So it's definitely flipped. You know, in terms of the matchups, difficulty. I, I like Zonovan Knight this week, but definitely temper expectations with him just because that receiving work, it's not there anymore. 
Agreed. So, you know, to wrap it up here, we got Zach Moss at 29 and Latavius Murray at 30. Latavius Murray was able to get that volume last week. Uh, but, you know, against the Rams, it's a little bit of a tougher matchup. But I think the volume can be there still because of the fact that this will likely be a close game. The Rams aren't uh, a, a, high, a high power offense where they'll be able to get a lot of points scored against a good Denver defense. Um, so that's my only concern there. But it's possible that he definitely gets some volume in this game. So he'll be strictly a volume play, and that's about it. Hopefully Russell Wilson's back, I think. Um, Zach Moss against the Chargers. I have him at 29 here because, listen, like he got the volume last week. This is a great rushing uh, matchup for him. So, you know, I think he's a little bit of an upside flex play. You know, if he gets 20 carries in this game, like that that means that he should have – he deserved to be a little bit higher in in our rankings. But my only concern is, like I said before – this game script is very hard to predict for me personally. Deion Jackson could be more involved. They could have they could have looked at the film and be like, "Oh wait, Deion Jackson's a better player," uh, which he is. Yeah. Uh, and then he he could get most of the workload this weekend. He's the guy involved in the passing game. He caught a passing touchdown last week, so you never know. I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, Deion Jackson ends up outscoring Zach Moss. But I think you know you picked up Zach Moss. He got the work last week. Second half was all his. So I, if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to go Zach Moss. Yeah, I like Zach Moss too, and it runs kind of contrary to the fact that you know they might look at the film and change some things. If I'm the Colts, I want to get as far away from what we did in the second half, you know, last yeah. week because that caused you to lose the biggest lead that any team has had in NFL history. So maybe they don't go full Zach Moss, but I don't think there's a situation where Zach Moss doesn't get at least, you know, I think the bulk of the carries, you know, this week. I think that he should have at least fifty percent of the carries. Definitely going to be more, I think, but that, that might be his floor. Deion Jackson might have the receiving work, but I like Zach Moss this week just as a you know, shot-in-the-dark play. Someone has to take those carries for Jonathan Taylor, and if, if Zach Moss is there, you know, you just take whoever you can get. When a hole like that, when a hole like Jonathan Taylor leaves opens, you know, you have to take whoever's going to be filling that hole. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Zach Moss. Um, yeah. And it's a great matchup against the Chargers, so keep that in mind okay that's going to do it for this episode guys uh thank you so much for listening good luck this week we'll be back tomorrow with our wide receiver and tight end rankings uh that's going to be an interesting one especially given all the weather take it easy guys i'll talk to you guys soon zach take it easy brother i'll see you tomorrow bye-bye